Sports Time, Main AM 780. September 1st-ish, coming to a town near you. Especially if that town's Lewiston, Auburn. Yeah. Just throwing that out there for you. I can't, I can't make any official announcements yet, but we plan on making the official announcement, I think, this, uh, this week. So, fingers crossed, all goes well, and then we'll have some stuff for you. Some things and some stuff and some stuff and some things. Mark Callen from Eastern Maine Sports joins us now. Now, you stayed up and watched that whole game last night, Mark, correct? You were there for the whole, all of it, I assume? I, I, I stayed up for all of it, and I got up this morning and ran four miles and played a set of tennis. See, morning. see you know, that's funny. I, I, I laugh because I see the, the fans who left last night's game. Now, some people like get mad when people leave down in Boston, but I understand sometimes when they leave in the city because a lot of them take the subway there. And, you know, eventually those trains stop running. So if you want to get home, you kind of got, you know, you kind of got to leave when your ride leaves. You know that's what I mean? Actually, uh, that's a, actually one of uh, one of a few reasons why, especially for night games, I don't take the key in because I, I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> if, I, if I'm if i at a game, I, I don't, I mean, if I, you know, I just wouldn't want to leave for that reason. And, uh, and uh, very rarely take them in for day games either, but I definitely don't take them when I go to a night game. Yeah, see, that's that's a that's a rookie mistake, I think, when you take the tee to a night game, especially a Sunday night game. I mean, oh boy, that game is. What are you going to watch? Now and later. If it's Red Sox Yankees, you're going to watch three and a half innings of that game, and then you're going to go home. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Last, I think the last one's at midnight, right? Yeah, like I just you you're going to get three innings maybe, and if there's a rain delay, forget it. You know, so yeah, that's that's not that's not the key. So what you know. After last, after this weekend, the division is is over at this point. That's all wrapped up. This is this is pretty good. How much longer do you want them to sit sail for? Uh, do I want them to? I mean, if they're doing it just to preserve the bullets, I I really don't mind if it's the end of August or early September. But if they're doing it because there's something wrong, then it's <laughs> then it's the, you know I I because I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's just their their Rested him. Or, I mean, he didn't seem happy when he got put on the DL. So I, I don't know if he was too happy with not pitching this Toronto series either or not. But it's, it's I don't know if it gets to another week or two, it kind of gets a little worrisome. But I mean, if they're just saving for the bullets and they get a nine and a half game lead, I don't see a problem with that. But I don't. I can't see him agreeing to that. I'm. I'm pretty. Yeah, I don't think he would agree. I don't. Honestly, unless his arm's falling off, I don't think he'd agree to anything. Okay, that just seems like the type of guy Sale is. Um. I just don't think that, and we talked about it a little bit this morning. I don't expect him. They, you know, they didn't. They, they're not pitching him in Toronto, and I would not expect because the next time his turn comes around would be on the road in Philadelphia. I can't imagine they're going to have him start in his first game off the DL in a they, place where he's going to have to hit. You know, no, no. But they did say that they do have that doubleheader in Baltimore. They, they did say they expect him to start over the weekend in Baltimore. So oh, they do. Okay, they, that's that's what they said on Nelson or somewhere this morning, but. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. They also said they expected to start in Toronto before that. So, so but but um, they they did say that. So I mean, obviously they're thinking about changing things around, maybe setting it up for game one a little bit early. You know what I mean? But but uh, so they they did say that doesn't mean it's going to happen. So we'll we'll see if when the rotation comes around the Baltimore series. That will be the that will be the key. Well, hey, Mark, what was your what were you most excited about this whole weekend? The one thing. One thing. Uh, well, just the way they never give up. I mean, they. they I mean, Thursday night, um, my buddy Chris was there. He just, you know, they. He, just the, the atmosphere there, I guess, was awesome. And they, they just never give up. I mean, that game, uh, four nothing. Never really thought they were out of it. 
last night thought they were out of it because you got four one the ninth inning and you don't expect them to come back. But just just this team, they just, I mean they. You said one thing, but I'm, I'm guess I'm rambling on <laughs> a few things. But uh, you know, but they just beat them in different ways. I mean, thir- Thursday night was a, a literally a beatdown. They um, blew up the Yankees bullpen. Friday and Saturday, they literally took it took care of them in two and a half hours or less with Fosso uh, and Yavalde masterpieces. And then last night, they proved they can come up from behind. They had 12 wins when they've been three runs or more behind. That, that's I mean, the most in baseball. That's that's a lot for this time of year. So, so I guess that that is it. And uh, I know I listened to you guys a little bit earlier. And the, the manager is a big thing here. They, I mean, I think we've seen with Farrell in the last few years, and you're seeing now Maddie with the Yankees and mm-hmm. Red Sox fans are seeing with Cora. They teams take on the personality of their manager, and that that's uh, I mean, you haven't really noticed that as much as the last few years, and now this year because. I mean, this team is. I mean, of course, you're having a lot more fun when you're winning, but this team is having fun, and they're. They're. I mean, if they lost last night, it wouldn't have been a big deal to them. I mean, they still. You know, they, you know, they've been in great shape, and they. They just get right back at it, but it's not like it's every game. There's enough pressure in Boston without the manager putting pressure on you, and and this this manager doesn't. It doesn't seem, and it seemed like everything was a must win every game last year and the last couple of years, and and with Farrell, and I think that's a, that's a big thing. You know, it's so funny when you mention that because I, you know, when I watch an Aaron Boone post game now, it reminds me of watching the Red Sox post games from last year with Farrell. It's kind of that, well, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Just that kind of atmosphere. Like, well, I told them once. You know, like it, it, it. It's like when you have that neighbor that won't, you know, keep their dog in their yard, and you go over and be like, listen. Uh, uh, Pete, um, this is the third time your dog has, has crapped in my yard. He's like, well, you know, I, I do what I can. I tell him a couple times not to do it. And it's like, listen, you may have to do it differently if he's still crapping in my yard. You know what I mean? And it seems as though Aaron Boone kind of has that whole, that whole gig going. Like, you know, he just can't control them from crapping in the yard, whether it's Miguel Andujar throwing to third, that Greg Bird, you know, that, that Greg Bird play over at first base is, is weak to me too. Like, I don't think he gets, I don't think he gets enough uh, blame on that. That's if you're a first baseman in the major leagues, you got to make that pick play. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, why I you think, have the bigger think, glove. Yeah. I think more than would have. I mean, I think most first basemen would have actually, but um, yeah, I, I, I agree with him. I'm starting to agree with Carabas. I think Boone, Boone has a job for one reason, a home run 15 years ago. I, I can't think of another reason because I saw the guys he was up against. And, you know, all I heard was how tremendous, how tremendous he was in his interview. And I don't hear any of that in his post games. I don't hear any of that when he talks to the media. I, I don't see it. I don't see it on the field. I don't see the fire. I see him complaining to uh, to umpires about ball and strike calls because yes a lot of times they're awful but he need there there needs to be a lot more of him going out and and you know Lloyd McClendoning first base and and things you know just stuff like that stunts like get your team fired up a little bit I don't I think he's learning on the job and this is not the time to learn on the job the, this yeah. this right now is not the time nor the place to be learning on the job and I wonder if if the old man was still alive, if, if Aaron Boone would still be the manager today, you know? Because I, I don't think he would be. I, I think I think Phil Nevin could be. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> the one, he's the one who got, got, you know, that Baltimore game, got right after all those guys, and also it didn't help. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they... Well, it helped for a few innings, you know? Like, it helped from, like, the bottom of the fifth until, like, the 
fourth inning against the Red Sox on Thursday, and then it, it kind of wore off, you know. Yeah, kind of wore off. But I mean, just a not. I mean, you must have been sick when that Hicks just hit a ground ball to first, and he's just standing there. I mean, I, I, you don't. I don't know. You gotta, we we spent two weeks ripping on Gary Sanchez because he didn't run a ball out to first because he was playing on one leg. Okay, and he played the he was playing the game with a with a pole groin that he hurt in the first inning. Okay, yet nobody goes after Aaron Hicks for kind of lollygagging down the line. He's been playing the whole time. Yeah, he didn't even move. I yeah, mean, he he had ground ball first and free unassisted, and he's still standing in the box. And and uh, I mean that's just as I said, that's the part where the manager's kind of got to take. You know, sit him down the next game. Or I know he's one of the key players, but obviously that didn't matter the way the Red Sox were pitching Friday and Saturday. So just I would just sit him down. But I just I just love this. Uh, I mean, Red Sox. I know you kind of joking around about the best team ever and blah blah blah. They have a chance to be that. I say that jokingly because I'm trying desperately, <laughs> desperately to get the the reverse jinx gods in. Okay, and and trying to manifest something here because that's the only way I know how to do it. But in all seriousness, they have a chance to be at least the greatest Red Sox team of all time. I mean, right now they're set up to be better than the 1912 team. I mean, you're yeah. talking about heady times, like the pre-1918 era. Like the Red Sox were were like the premier, one of the were the premier franchise really in the major leagues, and they have a chance to beat that 1912 record and that winning percentage. I mean, that's. That's crazy to me in this day and age when it's set up for you not to be doing that. Right. You know? and this, you just look at this week. I mean, mm-hmm. the, worst they could, the worst they should go is five and two. They do have a doubleheader Saturday. That's tough to sweep any team, even Baltimore. But I mean, they, you, they name they could do it. But I mean, they might have sales going. Who knows? One of the games. <laughs> but uh, you know, they they are. I mean, that that should be the worst they go. I mean, I say should. I mean, that how good they're doing. That's what we expect now. <laughs> the worst they go is five and two this week. And you know, I don't see them stop stop it anytime soon. I mean, they have a tougher, tough series in Cleveland coming up in a few weeks, and um, I should be at two of those games, so looking forward to that, seeing that series, but, but I mean, they, they just, uh, and it really doesn't really matter who they play, I don't think. I mean, I know they got Houston and Cleveland, and those going to be tough games and stuff, but I just, they get so much confidence going right now. It doesn't guarantee them anything come October, but, I mean, the difference between this year and last year and the year before also is they're going to be home for the first couple games. I mean, everybody said last year, well, that, that could have been different if they were home for a couple games, and it probably could have been, but, you know, they have that that advantage this year, so that, that's another thing to have for Hey, Mark, the, it doesn't seem as though the the, the Red Sox literally have not faced a lot of adversity. You know, they've had a couple guys hurt and DL and sales out and so on, but not what we would say is real adversity, so... What happens when that happens? What I mean, Cora's been a, such an upbeat influence. He's got them focused, and, and they never quit. What's his style like when when they do have the four-game losing streak? It's going to happen sometime. Yeah, yeah, you think so. I mean, it might. I mean, it might not happen the next year at this point. But um, that's, that's always a test for, you know, a team and a new manager is adversity. They really haven't had any. I know. I mean, uh, one of the ESPN stories they kept rambling on about last night was was Mookie. How uh, you know Alex Cora always caught to his face, always called him the best player in the game, and then he had a bad game once, and he didn't expect Cora to you know say anything to him next you know the next game, and he, he first thing he said is you're the best player in the game. So I mean they haven't had adversity as far as when you know but you know losses, but they you know some players have gone in slumps and they had other things, and I'm sure Kit Cora standing left behind closed doors. But you're right, we we don't know, but I think. For his personality, I think I don't think it would be a huge deal. I don't think if if they 
I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. But if they get swept by Toronto, I, I mean, a big, big deal of fans. But but it wouldn't be a big deal in that clubhouse, I don't think. You know, and it wouldn't be a big deal to anybody that's around that te- you know team on a daily basis. I don't. I think his attitude honestly prevents things like that happening. Does that make sense? Like. Sure. A very, very pedal to the metal, you know, the, the way they played in the first two games. I mean, honestly, I mean, outside of Aaron Judge, you know, putting uh, Joe Kelly in a headlock, uh, putting people in a headlock to, to break up a fight earlier this year. I mean, the Red Sox have, have basically bullied the Yankees all year long. Right. Um, and, right. and I, I agree with you. And I, and I think that all that, and, we, and I kind of joked about this too, and a lot of people did, but about how they played in spring training. They won a lot of games. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who, who cares? Who cares? But Cora kept saying, this, 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 you know, you start winning there, it kind of goes right into the season and gets you in the winning mindset, you know. And it meant a lot to Cora to win those games. I mean, he wasn't playing the status night and didn't do it. But, he, you know, and I, I was joking. I was like, who cares? You know, he comes, he, that usually means nothing. And I think it did mean something. And I think it, it, they haven't stopped, stopped since then. Well, I like the way they, they use the minor league uh, games to let their pitchers pitch some because you're going to go, you're not going to have one of those really, really long innings. So they do what they want to practice. Pitch, sit down, pitch, sit down. If you have one of those 31-pitch innings where he just doesn't seem to be going well, you don't, they take you out of the game because you got your pitch count in and you don't get the pitch, sit, pitch, sit. I think they, they really had a good plan for how, how spring training was going to work versus in the past I think they just show up and play. Right, right. And then they you know, they go go over the fundamentals a little bit. But they they, they get a plan coming in which kind of surprising for a first year manager. But I mean everything you're right though, everything's going right and they haven't had any adversity and I mean I'm not saying they won't in the playoffs, but I really don't see them having much for the rest of the regular season anyway. I mean they got a nine and a half game lead as I said, worst case they get beat up one series and I yeah, I don't think as you said Maddie's attitude, I think, will help prevent that stuff. And, and so, um, you know, so it's a good thing. Hey, Coach, I got one thing off the subject a little bit. I got one thing to ask you because I was asked by a former classmate. Did you uh, announce the 1993 uh, Class C Baseball State Championship game? I did not. You did not? Okay, Central and Sogby Valley. No, it wasn't me. No, no? no. okay. Well, I uh, answered that. I had that asked ask me last, uh, when somebody heard me on here last week. Yeah, no, that's not. He did. He. I think we we brought you into the broadcast booth in 2012, right? That's correct. Yeah, so it's been about six years now. So anything yeah. pre that is somebody else who sounded like Wing. Okay, well, somebody sounds like you, I guess. Not as handsome <laughs> as Wing, but might have sounded right, like Wing. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we already know that. Yeah. I just I keep looking at the, and you make a great point here, Mark. I, I I look ahead at the schedule here, and like outside of your seven games with Cleveland, you know, and you've got a. a a road trip to Atlanta and a road trip, a two-game road trip to Philadelphia. Maybe the road trip to Tampa because Tampa's kind of a never-say-die sort of team. There's not a lot of bumps in the road or potential bumps in the road that could be happening here over the next two months. My well, only go, co- oh, go ahead. They, no, sorry, but they, they they only go out of the East Coast once. That's yeah, Chicago. Yeah, and and that's and that's to go play the White Sox. You know what right. I mean? Like if they're going to play the Cubs, Cubs maybe I'm, I'm excited. But no, I mean. This team right now is set. It, it's all set up for them to do this. My only concern, which you see often in Major League Baseball, you saw it last year with the Cleveland Indians. This was the time of year, uh, and it was getting into the time of year where Cleveland won like 19 in a row, 20 or whatever it was, and then they ended up. And a lot of people say, "Oh, team peaked too early." Now I don't know what the hell that means. Okay, sometimes I just think the breaks go for you during that time and things go well. 
But that would be the only concern I would have. And that honestly is probably like the biggest far reach of all time because we still have until August 31st for waiver deadline deals. So if anybody gets hurt, like another Ian Kinsler hamstring injury happens or something like that, you can probably go out and get a Starlin Castro. You can probably go out and get somebody like that. Just those guys are going to be available up until August 31st. So to me, like there's still room probably what's scary is, and scary if you're a fan of any team other than the Red Sox, is this team still has a little bit of room to grow and they're really comfortable with each other right now. And you can tell this team this team uh, uh, feels like something special. Reminds me a lot of this 2013 team outside of the fact they didn't really, you know, they didn't struggle out of the gate and, and get it together. Like they, they've kind of had it together all year long. Yeah, this team has a lot more talent than the 2013 mm-hmm. team. But, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And they got players coming back. You got uh, Eduardo Rodriguez coming back. Uh, Devers playing in the, at Lowell tonight. Uh, they got. Uh, I don't think Kinsley's injury is serious, uh, so he should be coming back soon. So they got pieces coming back, and just the things they can do. I mean, uh, obviously PS looked awful against Tanaka last night, but they can put PS in PS and Mullen in there to JBJ for a game, you know. And they can they can you know they're flexible enough their roster like that to move things around. Um, would like to have PS off the bench against uh, Chapman in the ninth inning, but it ended up working out. Uh, but but uh, he seems the only guys he got out last night in the ninth inning were the lefties. Uh, uh, that's uh, I noticed that he didn't get out any of the right right handed batters he faced. He's a wild, wild pull got reached on the era, but other than that, he walked most of them. Or JD Martinez got a hit. So I, he, I, I was kind of surprised he didn't have somebody warming up because didn't he blow one just like two weeks ago or uh, uh, like blow a big lead and they had to put somebody in? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I, I, it's just—it's happening, you know. I just read an article about that this weekend, where uh, Buster Olney was saying the players' union is going to have to talk about that because you're signing guys to be—you um, know—you're signing guys to be utility players, and then now all of a sudden, because you decide you don't want to sign enough pitchers, that you're you're having utilities guys go out there now, which is fine. You can do that, but you know, I remember when they brought in. Remember when Kevin Kennedy brought in Jose Canseco and he blew out his elbow. Yeah, so I was I was actually there. I think. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Wow. yeah I, that I, I mean that stuff. That uh, can you imagine if you had brought in like you imagine if uh, if Boone brought in Aaron Judge to pitch and and he blows out his arm or what you know what I mean because yeah. you decide not to do it like th- it would be all over the place. It would be like when a pitcher when a pitcher gets injured hitting or running the bases now, like that is we are we have frowned upon it because you were too stupid to do it. Because for years, pitchers have been running and hitting and, you know, really with no issues. But now they do yeah. it. They pull a hamstring and then the rule needs to be changed. So Speaking of that, I think that might be, just come to think of it, I think that might be one of the reasons Sales not pitching Wednesday. Because that would set him up for, at Philly and I think they might do that, pitch him over the weekend and, and go, go from there. So that really might be a reason. Because you don't want, I mean, I think this way they can, um, I you don't want Porcello there really either, but I think you get set up for Johnson and Porcello or somebody like that, or Pomerantz and Johnson, or you know somewhere where they, they it's not <laughs> not as big of a deal. Because if you had a nine game lead, why do you want to throw Sale out there at Philly and, and have him out, out bat when you don't yeah. need? Yeah, what happens if Sale decides to take a rip at one and re-injures that shoulder on a swing? You know what I mean? Right. Like we we all we heard about last year was how much of a moron John Farrell was for pinch running Stephen Wright and how much that torpedoed things like right. yeah Chris, I, think, I think I think Farrell was an idiot but not because of that I think, yeah, I, know, I, I, I think I, people were looking for reasons to call him an idiot at that point you know yeah, what I mean I, I had plenty they didn't need that but um 
Yeah, so, I mean, now you must be thinking, what? they may be playing at Oakland come October, whatever, the 4th or 5th, the way the Oakland A's are playing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that if that Coliseum, if Oakland does get that wild card lead, which is within the realm of possibility, this is not some pipe dream. They seem to have it going right now. That place would be an absolute madhouse. And, it, and honestly, to me, that's the worst case scenario. Yankees have to go on the road to Oakland, All and that way. that place is going to be an absolute zoo. That that city has gotten behind the Athletics, amazingly enough. Because one, the Warriors have got everybody pretty jazzed up because they're feeling good about themselves. But two, you know, the Warriors are getting ready to open up a new stadium across the street, and then you have or, or across the across uh, the bridge. The Raiders are leaving for Vegas, so like the Athletics might be the only team they have left. You know what yeah. I mean? So they're like, so that they, Wildcat game would be on a Wednesday, and then on a, on that Friday, so I think the Astros Wildcat game is on Tuesday. So that would be on Wednesday, then that Friday, whoever wins, correct. Back and play at Fenway. Correct. That's exactly what will happen, and I I'm convinced if 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 it's if that game is I, honestly, I I think at this point I wouldn't be shocked if the Yankees lost the wild card game. I really wouldn't. Like whether it's at home, on the road, whatever, because I have no faith. I have no faith in their manager that he's going to get them prepared to play that game or have any sort of game plan or strategy. Like to me, when you roll up the lineup that you did last night, and the the reason they lost last night was not because of that lineup. But you can't roll Luke Voigt and Shane Robinson out in the lineup in two straight in in Shane Robinson especially. You put Shane Robinson out there two straight days. Like you're not going to win a ball game against a team like the Red Sox. Like yeah, Luke Luke Voigt was batting six too. Or something. Yeah, he was bat. Yeah, exactly. And guess what he did when the bases were loaded in the first inning? Nothing. So that's how that works out. I feel like would have been better off with Greg Bird in the game, but I don't know. What do I know? I'm just I'm not a manager. All I know is I heard a Rod last night, and a Rod basically said everything that I would have done with that lineup. I wanted a Rod as I put in my tweet last night go down with a steel chair, knock Boone out, and just take over the managerial position. Because I cannot imagine it would be any worse than what Boone is doing right now for that team. No, he would he'd be closer to Alex Cora than he would Aaron Boone. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think he, I think, I, I mean, I know a lot of Red Sox fans don't like, I mean, I don't particularly like him playing Alex Rodriguez, but I, as a broadcaster, I like Alex Rodriguez. And I think, I mean, people say he's a Yankee bias, but I really didn't see that last night. I mean, he talked a lot of good stuff about the Red Sox and John. You can tell him if he likes John Henry and likes that score. And, like, you know, like, like you know, I just, I think people like to look for that because, uh, I mean, he was. Well, I mean, he is still a Yankee special advisor as well. You know what I yeah. mean? So yeah, that's yeah. that's always going to be a thing. I mean, and he, that you're going to always going to have that there. So, all right, Mark, I'm going to let you go because we're up against it. Thank you very much. Okay. Check out EasterMainSports.com and find Eastermain Sports on Twitter and Facebook. We'll talk to you next okay. week, my friend. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, bye. Thank okay, you, bye. Mark Callan from Eastermain Sports joins us each and every Monday here on the B 